Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA4 Money Show, episode 45. In this show, we will preview UFC 251, as well as parts of UFC Fight Night, Cater vs. Ige, at least ones we have odds for as of right now. I am Bob Voss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind, here with Mike Copenhaver. You can find him at Don't Cope, just win on Twitter. Also, follow the show on Twitter at MMA4 Money Show. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing absolutely amazing, man. Just uh, can't wait for these fights this weekend and to see this fight island uh, go live in effect. I heard it's super, super humid there and super hot. So I just can't wait to see how that affects people's cardios and to see what we have, especially with all this COVID and then surety. It's going to be some fun. I think the word I heard was 103 with 85% humidity. So enjoy that <laughs> it's wednesday so you know what that means the ma4 money show is here you can find the show on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast overcast pocket cast straight rss feed we are also on youtube both full length shows as well as smaller tidbits get your quick fix please subscribe to never miss a show like comment and share to spread the word if you like us other people will like us as well so we're going to jump right in to ufc 251, the big pay-per-view, three title fights on the top of there, one for a vacant, one's a rematch, one is technically a champ-champ fight if you want to throw the BMF title in there if a certain person wins, and we're going to start at the very, very beginning of that fight card. It's Martin Day, who is minus 170 favorite, versus Davy Grant, plus 150. Mike, if you can go ahead and get a quick pick for this early fight on UFC 251. Oh man, this is a weird matchup. I, I don't quite uh, know what they're doing with this or who they're quite, who the UFC is quite rooting for themselves. But uh, I, I I have to lean towards Davy Grant, especially with the experience and all the time he spent in the octagon compared to Martin Day. Martin Day just hasn't shown me enough. I mean, he has good wrestling and determination, but I, it's the striking that I think he lacks. I believe he's gotten knocked out uh, in the Ultimate Fighter finale, or uh, I believe I if I'm correct. So either way, I uh, I like. I, I, it's going to be a good fight, but I think Davy Grant takes it. I'm going to go with you there on Davy Grant. I, I agree with you. The, the whole UFC experience thing is a huge deal. Obviously, it's a little bit different now since there won't be anyone in the audience, so the bright lights aren't quite as hot. I mean, obviously, they're in Abu Dhabi, so that'll be plenty hot, but I'm just always pleasantly surprised by Davy Grant. I always seem to shortchange him when he comes up big, and I don't necessarily think he's going to come up big here, but I, I do lean his way. And obviously, that's an underdog, but no, we do not have a bet on that fight. That's just a quick pick. Next up is Vanessa Mello, is plus 200, versus Carol Rosa, minus 240. I'm going to throw that one to you, Mike, only because if memory serves, you have won money on Vanessa Mello in the past. She's a big underdog here. Yeah, this one is uh, another weird one. I mean, it's a woman's fight, and I don't ever see someone being worth the negative 240 with uh, not a lot of experience. So I, I would have to lean towards Mellow uh, decision victory. But I, I think they see something special with this Rosa girl, but we shall see this weekend. Uh, but, you know, women's fights go to decision. So if you were going to bet the dog in the situation, probably getting that prop money on the decision would be uh, pretty tasty. 
Absolutely. If you're not sure, I mean, obviously the, the decision props have a tendency to get steamed. But that's for the entire fight. If you want to go an individual fighter, it's kind of an easy way to get a little bit of an edge as of the vast majority of these fights go over and most of them go to decision. Next up is, give me a minute here. This one might be tricky. Zalgis Zumagulov. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) A lot better than I would have done. I thought I had it. I actually, a few times, I actually did try to practice ahead of time because I thought that would be an issue. But you know what? I'm going to move straight past it because he's fighting uh, Rowlin Paiva, who I actually really like in this spot. Uh, Zalgis is easier to say, so I'll go with his first name for this. Uh, Zalgis, this is his UFC debut. He's like an M1 guy. Um, I was really impressed the last time out. Uh, when Paiva just laid low, Mark De La Rosa, uh, definitely the the loser of that married UFC couple. Um, <laughs> and he went to a split decision with Kai Car France, who we have been high on uh, in the flyweight divisions, the fact that he got that close. I know he had a doctor stoppage from a cut, though, uh, early on in his fight after that. I can't remember who it was against. But uh, I like his power. I like his skill. Uh, I think he's going to pull this one off. Um Obviously, he's a decent-sized favorite, minus 175, so I wouldn't put any money on it. If it was closer to uh, even odds, I'd go there. Zalgas has a little bit of steam, because although um, I was wrong, it wasn't M1, I double-checked. It's not M1 Global. It's Fight Night Global, which is basically the same thing. Um, it's all just the Russian fighters. He has some decent names on his uh, record. He has a decision over Tyson Nam and a split over Ali Bagatinov. Before you get too crazy, this is not EPO UFC fighting Ali Bagatinov. This is him after he's experienced some woes in his life. 2019 Ali Bagatinov, so I'm still going with Paiva. Mike, where are you for this flyweight fight? Rolly and Paiva, I don't think that's how you pronounce it. He's uh, really long and lanky, and I I really like his uh, submission ability and his reach. I think that that, that's going to get him in this fight, and he'll give him the edge to win here i think that the newcomer you know he's gonna you know have a lot of fans and a lot of people cheering for him and it's uh, you could be sure that he's gonna have some kind of wrestling but i just think that uh paiva is gonna be a it's just a little bit too much experience now the first heavyweight fight uh on this pay-per-view well this is on the free portion marcin tybura is stepping in he has a minus 105 Slight dog. It's pretty much a pick versus Maxim Grishin. Not Grisham. Grishin. Minus 115. He has made a name for himself uh, by fighting in PFL. He's got some decent names on there, but two draws, oddly enough, which I think is funny as we always talked about how we wish there was more draws. But uh, some of the best guys he's fought, that's where he's fallen. Uh, he has a lot of experience. Uh, the majority of his career has been at light heavyweight, however. So I do think that... That will aid in Tybura's favor because Tybura isn't the like the biggest, heaviest striker, but he's a big guy and moves fairly quick for that. So he might be able to just tire Maxim out by putting that weight on him. I would never trust Tybura in a bet. <laughs> um, he's a little bit hit or miss for me. He definitely didn't hit the ceiling that I thought he once had uh, in his early goings in the UFC. But in terms of a pick, I think I will go with Tybura. But obviously no money on it whatsoever. Mike, do you have an opinion on this heavyweight fight? Yeah, um, Maxim Grisham. Uh, I, he's really impressive, man. I mean, he's young. He's strong. I uh, I see what the potential that he might have and Tibera is just he's one of those guys not like Roy Nelson quite but like 
he just isn't in shape and doesn't take things as seriously. And, and these big boys, man, they, they throw heavy hands and it's just one shot that will knock your ass down and take you out. So I, I just can't trust Tibera in the situation really at all. I like the, the newcomer in the spot. I really usually don't, um, but I, I'm not betting this fight. So, But I'll take Grissom. Next up. This is a little bit frustrating of a fighter. He is a lightweight who I've very much been a fan of, but he is the elite lightweight that no one knows because dude fights every year and a half. Granted, he wins those fights, but that's how infrequently he fights. Um, He has some decent names on his record for getting finishes. He has a first round finish over Kevin Lee. He has a second round choke over uh, Rocco Martin. He has he beat Adriano Martin, Stevie like he has a lot of great wins and he would be higher up there but like we said he fights every year, sometimes every 2 years whether it's injury or whatever. He's not fighting. Um he's also 40, which obviously doesn't help his case too much. And he is the favorite from his record and his skills. He has great striking, has some serious power in there. But this Roman Bogatov, who he's fighting, who is plus 155, Leonardo Santos is minus 175. Roman Bogatov, this is where I mixed up before within my notes. This is Mr. M1 Global or M1 Challenge. He is currently 10-0 coming into this Leonardo Santos fight. He has some serious submission victories in there, but the type of, I guess, the caliber of competition he's faced is going to be a little bit difficult to ascertain at this point. Um, he has almost a year without fighting, like just under 11 months, so he might have a little bit of rust as well, but he's only 29. He's decently sized. He's big. He's strong. He's on a 13-fight win streak. I mean, I guess that's counting. Must have had, yeah, some amateur fights on there. I don't can't quite pick up if this is just a tester for this guy that the matchmakers are fairly high on as they bring him in because instantly getting the win here that's a bump up and will be if not ranked close to it even with just this one win. Um, I would like to lean Leonardo Santos. I've been a big fan, but at some point, just the age, even as less rundown as he is with all these gaps in his fighting, is going to catch up with him. And I don't know. I, I think I'm going to pick Bagatov here. No bet. Uh, I, I typically don't bet. Uh, UFC newcomers, whether it be in an empty arena or not, but I think I'm going to go Bogatov, the Russian, Mike. This lightweight fight, Santos, Bogatov. Man, if Santos was 33 years old, I would say that he for sure would be my pick, but I I just can't I don't trust these judges in the situation over, uh, you know, Fight Island. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, Russian eyes on this, these events. And so I, I just, this is definitely one of the ones I think they're trying to sneak one past us. And I, I want to go with the rare underdog, or the rare, yeah, underdog on this one, Roman. I think that he is going to pull off a, like a decision win or maybe possibly finish Santos. But I, I think it, he could scrape a decision win and just sneak by and uh, make a lot of Russian fans happy. And it, we could easily see that happening with Santos being 40. Yeah, I don't know. I might have to look closer into this one because I'm starting to, even as we talk about it, liking the dog a little bit more. There's not going to be an official bet or anything like that, but this is one of those uh, fights that as the odds creep up, this might be worth throwing a, dot on, a, a dart on. Like, let's say he gets up to plus 200. I'm going to throw a half a unit on there just because I, I don't know. I, got, I get a feeling he's going to be doing something at some point, whether it's in this fight or in the future. Next up, we have Makwan Amirkani. Uh, Mr. Finland, everyone's favorite fruit-chewing, YouTube-video-making, nose-powdering guy. 
is fighting Dan Henry or Danny Henry, 12 and 13. Um, I can't trust Amir Khani to do what he's supposed to do, and I can't trust him to be a complete flake because he has flashes of brilliance. He always has had flashes of brilliance. I mean, I don't know. Dan, Dan Henry was looking good before he fought Danny. He has some names on there. Obviously, he fought the lesser Tamor and got the decision there, but he seems to be very infrequently fighting as well, just about once a year, and this kind of lines up right with that. Um, oh man, I can't get myself to pick Amir Khani. I'm almost just stepping away from this one, and I'm almost picking against him on principle. But uh, I don't know. He should win. If he can get his wrestling game going, he should win. So I guess I'll pick him, but with much trepidation and by no means liking him as a person. <laughs> Mike, do you like Amir Khani, or do you like the two first name Danny Henry? Oh, man. Uh, I, I just can't jump on Danny Henry at all. I, I uh I can't he's got such he's got supposed to have reach and all these advantages and he doesn't really use them well I uh I just don't I can't fall in love with him I, I see what Mac one has I think Mac one has a better all-around mixed martial arts game I think his wrestling is better I think that his determination is gonna give is gonna be better um I see what you you know everyone sees it he thinks he's hot shit for sure and that's uh you know makes people you know either get upset or not like him as much but either way he seems to be the more round well-rounded mixed martial artist so i think that mach one can uh, pull this off this next fight's gonna be a little rough for me to break down uh elizy zaleski dos santos if you want to do the full name or depending how they have him listed mr eds as we've always liked to call him longtime favorite of the show Pretty much always worth it as an underdog. He's an underdog here, plus 115. He's fighting uh, Muslim Selikov, minus 135. Is it the Kung Fu Man or the Kung Fu King? King of Kung Fu. There you go. I was close. Um, I have been very impressed by what I've seen from Selikov. Um, He's going to come in hard and land some serious bombs on Zaleski, who has taken a lot of damage uh, within his UFC career, uh, eventually getting put out by Jing Liang, but um, just taking a lot of damage and going for broke and willing to do it. And take and but at some point that is going to hit him. Um, the Kachenko fight was close, um, closer than I thought it would be. I thought uh, EDS was going to go clearly through there, but apparently he's that he's at around his ceiling. Uh, he's at th- he's 33 now, so he, it's either kind of make it or break it time. He's about as good as he's going to get. Um, and I know Salikov's an older dude, but same thing. This is like his last run. Ah, oh, man. Mike, I'm going to pass you. I guess I need to think about which pick this is going to go. This is harder for me than I guess I thought it was. Did <laughs> you have a pick in this matchup? Yeah, no, I feel you on this one. This is a very interesting matchup. Uh, Elizaku Dos Santos, we're huge fans. We bet him multiple times. Um, he's made us multiple units. And uh, I, I, it's like, man, I want to pick him. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to slam him. And then, so that that's just like now, Sokov, um, I don't know how to say his name exactly, a Muslim, he, he's got such power in his hands that that really scares me. And he's got some, some good wrestling. And so I, I, man, it's, uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Muslim in this one. I think he's going to shock everybody. Yeah. I'm just going to have to echo you there. Cause I'm so torn on this one, and I don't know. I guess I guess the king of kung fu 
is going to prevail, which is, I don't know, it's a rough pill to swallow. As like, as you said, I think, made it, a lot I of think money it's on my love for EDS is really making me yeah. not, not want to say bad things or not want to think that he's going to lose. And like in my heart, so my heart's like, my heart's like, I love you EDS. And then my brain's like saying he's going to get knocked out. <laughs> if his striking defense or even his counter game was just that little bit better and that's not me trying to disparage him. Just if those skills were just a little bit better on EDS's side, this would definitely be a dog play that I'd want. But he just he hasn't shown that, so I, I can't trust him to do that because you've never seen a fighter actually do something. You can't trust them to do it. Um, next up, we have the battle of the first round finishers. Um, <laughs> it's kind of an odd way to put it, but Vulcan Ozdemir, the one-time title challenger there at light heavyweight, is minus 160 versus Jiri Prokaska. He's plus 140. He's the one who went on quite the run in the Ryzen tournament, uh, even though losing to the wall earlier. Uh, I wouldn't need to I'm pretty sure in, in actually a different Ryzen tournament. He just went through a series of names that anybody who's been in UFC MMA circles would know, uh, especially if you're a fan of both Bellator and UFC. Like over the course of a series of events, he beat Jake Hewn, which is good, nothing crazy, but good. Then Brandon Halsey, who was Mr. Bellator, got him out him out there in the first round, just like Hewn. Beat Lawal in the third round finish. I mean, obviously Lawal's chin was kind of faded at that point. Uh, then Fabio Maldonado finished in the first round. C.B. Dolly finished the first round. I mean, okay, he's getting all these first round finishes, and even if you go back further in his record, he has plenty. But he's either fighting past their prime guys or not elite guys. I, I would put it that way. Uh, fighters, I guess, not guys. Um, whereas Ozdemir has finished some serious contenders with relatively decent or good chins, and... I've never seen Ozdemir sufficiently rocked to the point that I was worried if he was going to make it to the end of the round. Uh, obviously, he's been beaten and thoroughly beaten by some pretty heavy names in light heavyweight. I mean, it's, it's going to happen when you fight someone like Daniel Cormier. He has a split with Dominic Reyes, which a lot of people scored his way. I do have to give him credit because he finished one of my all-time favorite fighters, Ilo Latifi. But, you know, we're going to move past that one and not focus on that one because that would hurt my feelings. Uh, he choked out Anthony Smith. And has some good finishes on there. I just really am leaning. If he's still going by no time, he is. Oh my goodness, uh, no time. I'm I'm leaning him in a major way. I do wish the odds were a little bit better. He's currently minus 160, which is a little bit steep for me because obviously anybody with a one punch knockout power, if that's what he truly has, uh, Jiri, that is. I don't want to bet against it because those are the things that come up. <laughs> the the they're not flukes, but when a, that's a guy's path, puncher's chance, as you were. It could happen. So my pick is Ozdemir, but no, I, I just can't bet this fight because it's going to be absolute chaos for a minimum of a round of a, round and a half, if not longer, and anything can happen. Mike, what is your thought on Ozdemir versus Prochazka? Oh, man, this fight is going to be fireworks, in my opinion. I think that the under one and a half, uh, if it has any plus money, I, I would probably hit that up. I think that, uh, you know, this new prospect, Jerry, he he's a serious contender, man. I mean, he can really cause an uproar in the heavyweight division here because we don't have very many. And uh, this is a perfect test for him because Vulcan is Vulcan's legit, man. He's been in there with some of the, the highest 
ranked guys in the UFC. He's you know mixed it up with so many people now. He's learned so much. I, I I'd have to say you know I, I want to say no time because he's the OG, but uh, at this Yuri guy, he scares me a little bit, and I, uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on this fight. But if I had a gun to my head, I would say that no no time would uh, finish this, or he would he would win this fight and, and figure out a way just from experience. But I, I wouldn't bet this fight because Yuri would knock his ass out. Absolutely, and if he has that translatable power, like it's legit power and can affect actual fighters. I mean, I don't mean to discount the guys he fought, but most of them were over the hill. But I mean, that's what happens. You tune yourself up against guys that have some skill, but are maybe a little bit over the hill, and then you make some jumps. Ozdemir isn't quite over the hill, so he has the skill. So if you can put him out, he's right up there, and they already have a light heavyweight contender on their hands, which is would be great. But I do think Ozdemir has the skill. And we got so. the small the small octagon, most likely, yeah. in the humidity, in the heat. It's going to be sweaty. really interesting. I don't see many guys wanting to go 15 minutes, so I think that a lot of these big boys, are they're going to clash hard. Oh, well, and then the, even if they last a little bit, it's going to get so sloppy, and that's when those crazy, like, out of nowhere fluke haymakers just land perfect and put a dude out. So it's like if you're not super confident in your guy, stay away. That's why we're being a little bit more conservative, as you can tell. Normally, we by now, we've had one, if not two bets already for the fight card. But we No, just, we're not going to fire for no reason. No, we're going to try to be uh, – Understanding of the fact that yes, it's a small uh, small octagon, more than likely yes, it's going to be super hot. Yes, it's going to be at an odd time for everybody, and the like crazy pre thing of being in a chartered plane, then going, being quarantined for two days, getting tested five times, still cutting weight, and just all these X factors that I don't think even compared to the guys fighting at the apex, I even had to deal with going in. Yeah, we're also we're also getting some really weird odd number or odds numbers and like they're not they're not very favoring. That they don't flash at me very big right now. And and usually when I look at it over a card, I look at all the odds and I and I instantly can be like, Oh, I, I that's wrong. I don't like that and I'll, I'll throw my money down on it. Uh, this weekend, you know, we we're gonna fire soon. Um, we'd like to fire on this next fight coming up, but I mean, it's just uh, the line is ridiculous, dude. Uh, so, but I mean, I'll let Bob get into this next one. Yeah, these odds for some of these have gotten a little bit too out of nowhere and crazy. <laughs> um, and if you listen to the show, what we are really good at, and I, I, I will damn say this, is we are really good at calling the slight dogs to slight favorites, which I think is like the harder fights to call. And we will occasionally get a bigger dog in there like when we had Kama Worthy just a few weeks ago, but and occasionally a bigger dog. But the vast majority, I would think if you average our odds, we were sitting pretty much right at like about even money or slight dog. And to consistently make those, that's great. And there's actually not a lot of fights on this entire fight card that are lined that way. But to go into the next fight that Mike is insinuating is Paige Van Zant who is all but gone to Bellator, regardless of what she says, <laughs> is, um, is at 125. So she's going to have to do the crazy cut. But she is a, yes, you heard it, plus 600 underdog. 600. And she's not fighting a champion. And she's not fighting two women we'll talk about in the very next fight after this. She is fighting... Amanda Rebus. And I'm not downplaying Amanda Rebus. I like Amanda Rebus. We've made money on Amanda Rebus. She is good. She is damn good. But, man, she's minus 900. Like, it's crazy. I mean, don't worry, I understand people that don't know, like, just want some action. They're, this is just, they're throwing this in every parlay, which is just the, just asking for, like, a fluke Paige Van Sant 
third round sub when everyone's exhausted and if Paige has more cardio than Rebus, she slicks it out. But I don't know. We we both like Rebus. I'll pick Rebus because she should win. She she's better just about everywhere. But I mean, I wouldn't count Van Zant out because as much as like people go after her for being a little bit of a looker and talking about how she makes money on Instagram, I mean, kudos to her for making money that way. If you can make money that way, make money that way. If I could show, if I could make some money by showing a little behind, I do the same thing. Maybe, maybe I'll start. Look for <laughs> my fans. Look for my fans only page that's coming to you soon. I'll embed the link within the video. But start, start the Discord. Start the Discord, man. To see how that works, but. She's still a little bit of a pit bull. She's still a fight. Like, I mean, she got popular, not because of her looks, but her very first fight, she went all out and was a bloodied cornrowed mess in her very first fight. She still has that dog in her. I mean, the skill hasn't quite shortened up, but she's got that dog. So if she's willing to push it in the latter round, she's got a shot. I wouldn't line this fight at plus 600, but also, yeah, I think Amanda Reeves is going to win. So all that to say, the massive favorite should win. Um, Mike, anything specific on your girl, Amanda Rebus? Because I know you were the one that picked her where she's won money for us in the past. Oh, man. I mean, I, I, I hate seeing the number as where it is because I can't I, I can't justify slamming anything on her. I think she's going to whoop the shit out of Paige. I, I think that Paige's uh, mind is somewhere else. She's into modeling career. She's into her Instagram posts. She's into Bellator's uh, pockets. She's somewhere else. So. I uh, I really think that you know the lines shifted this far because someone got some inside information and they they really saw that you know like we heard from uh, Gustavo Lopez yesterday that even in, through the grapevine that she's just not there her endeavor, she's not into these endeavors and uh, it's obviously reflected in that line movement because it went from like negative four hundred to negative nine hundred or something like that it's uh, quite crazy but I really think that Rebus is the much tougher much more well-rounded much better diverse fighter uh in an alley all day rebus would whoop uh, on page so but i mean do you give if she gives the judges any reason to make this close going to van zant vegas cleaning up well i guess my question for you is do you think that the skill gap is far enough away that rebus can get the finish yes i do yeah. well, i think that uh the reason i'm saying that is rebus is minus 900 Rebus inside the distance is plus one hundred. That's a dramatic change. Yeah, that's that's dots. worth that's worth some money. And I think I really I think she can she can get a finish uh, for sure from Paige. Paige does not like elbows. She does not like getting. Uh, you know, she she's had bloody fights. That's when she was winning those. She does not like bloody fights when she's getting hurt. And I and Rebus those mean elbows standing in the clinch and knees and I just she's just so well rounded. I, I think she could finish Paige and just uh, show her how far the women's MMA has advanced since she left. Well, and Paige has. I'm not saying it's her favorite submission going to Rebus, but. Page has been subbed twice in the past in the UFC by rear naked choke. Guess who has two finishes by rear naked choke? Exactly. Amanda Rebus against maybe not equal competition, but close to it. So I got whatever. We're not going to spend too much time further on this fight because obviously it's a huge favorite that we have no money on. So let's move on to a fight we do have money on in the. F- oh, I guess I almost went full blown for this one, but I guess it's because their first fight was for a title fight. This one is not so. Three rounds. Jessica Andrade is a plus 180 underdog versus Rose Namajunas, minus 220. Both former champions. Andrade took it off Namajunas after a 
outpointing in the first round to a slam KO, which was beautiful. This is only three rounds, so all you people that will say something about Andrade only has so much gas, this is only a three-round fight. And for little secondary sub questions, uh, it has come out that uh, Mike Brown will not be able to make it. Uh, he has tested positive for COVID, and I know that Andrade has spent a lot of time at ATT. I don't know how dramatic he was in her camps or in her corner. Uh, I know he was big on a few other people at ATT, but she still trained with him the whole way through, and we'll have a good corner besides that. And Rosanam Yunus, she's at L- Team Elevation. She's done great there. She's Her striking has improved tremendously but this will be her first fight since this since this slam finish where she was borderline grateful to lose her championship and i mean not to get too morbid but she has had to deal it was the reason that they backed out of having her fight earlier is she has had two uh covid deaths in her family recently like within the last six weeks that is a lot to weigh on you uh for someone who does take things very very hard uh, going forward, so it's hard to tell where her head's going to be at for this fight. Uh, she has made it very clear that this isn't a long-term thing for her, and she, since she already has hit the top of the mountain, I would be curious on what her motivations are going forward. Um, with that said, Andrade is the bigger, stronger fighter. Uh, does not have the output, but has the wrestling and the control, especially from top, and has the power advantage, in my opinion. I'm like, I'll throw it to you because I think you'd be a little more eloquent on how we're going to put our bet on for this fight. So, Mike, Jessica Andrade versus Rose Namajunas. Oh, man. I mean, you guys know what happened last time. Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas gave us a fight. Uh, you know, Andrade picked her up and slammed her on her head and, and ended everything. And it was uh, quite brutal and quite awesome in, in that sense. And I can't believe that we're getting uh, dog money on Andrade. Uh, Andrade is demeanor, more aggressive, physically strong, just straight brute of a woman compared to Rose, who's just sweet as could be. Well, Rose definitely has uh, the better straight boxing, the better, I guess, fluidity and movement and stuff like that. But, you know, what she doesn't have is that fight ending power and punch that makes uh, draws respect her and, and back her up enough. And I just see I see I've seen Rose having flashbacks of that knockout for a long, long time. I really believe that she's been thinking about that. It's haunted her. She can say whatever she wants. But uh, I, I still think about street fights that I lost uh, the few of them. And it just it pisses me off that I never get those back. And I'm a grown man now. So I'd like to think that a pro fighter would take it even more seriously. But Andrade is a little monster maniac, Tasmanian devil. I, I really believe that uh, you can't get any better mo- money you couldn't spend any better money on a bet this weekend at plus 170. I mean, she's going to come in there and just throw fireworks. So we're throwing down the one you bet on Andrade plus 180 yeah. on Andrade. And so we're going to uh, cash this one and then roll it on a little bit later. Next up, this is when I could do my big verbose language because this is a title fight. This is a five round title fight of Peter Jan, who is minus 225 favorite versus. Featherweight longtime champion, recent bantamweight, you can't really say winner, but kind of winner since he's in the title fight, Uh, Jose Aldo plus 185. This is for the vacant 135-pound belt since Henry Cejudo has backed away into obscurity, in my opinion. Um, 
Peter Jan, this is one of those hard fights, in my opinion, because skill for skill, I still think Jose Aldo is the better fighter. Absolutely. 100% better fighter. He has had so much damage done to him over the course of his career. He's been, it's a long career. He doesn't throw the leg kicks anymore just because I don't think he can from the sheer damage that he accrued from doing it for so long. And man, he looked awful at that cut to 35. I know he's saying he's super confident he's going to be able to make it. There's no pound allowance this time. And I, I mean, I know everyone's like, oh, well, he beat uh, Marias. I mean, I thought Marias won that fight, but that's fine. Aldo, I don't know, man. He doesn't throw the kicks, so then it's a striking battle with hands. I think Jan can have him there. The hardest thing for me is, I mean, I know he's only lost one fight in his entire professional career, but Peter Jan hasn't really beaten anybody. That's Seriously. that's 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 he, why it's hard for me here. Like he beat, like you go back, he beat Teruto Ishihara in the first round. Cool, Teruto Ishihara. He beat. Another Asian fighter who most people don't know. Douglas Andrade, who's good, but not great. Uh, John Dodson is not what he once was, especially in 2019. And is over undersized for the weight class. Jim Rivera is good, but he's that just he's that tier below. Like I really wish that we would have had uh, seen Peter Yan fight like one of the top five, six guys. And I don't have Rivera there. And then he has a vicious head kick finish over Uriah Faber coming out of retirement, like getting an easy, quick fluke win over Ricky Simone, Uriah Faber and gets finished and gets finished bad. And now he's fighting Jose Aldo. So I don't know. Jose Aldo, I don't think Jose Aldo will get finished. So that means this is going to go to decision. And I guess I can't trust Aldo's output, but I, don't know enough about Jan to go for it. I know everyone is super confident in Jan. They say he's the future. Um, that's fine. I, I it's at this point, um, I'm, I'm going to pick him to win only because uh, he's younger. He has more of an upside, and honestly, it doesn't matter to me in this fight as much as I'm a big old Jose Aldo fan because I want Peter Jan. I want Peter Jan to win and I want him to look pretty good, just so that when. Uh, the inevitable matchup of him versus Aljamain Sterling goes, I get a good price on Sterling because Sterling's going to choke his, this dude out. So I'm going to go with that. Um, so I'll pick Jan, not confident in it whatsoever, even though he is a big favorite. I still like to lean Aldo, but I mean, I was a Aldo mark for a long, long time. So take that with a grain of salt. So pick Jan, but I wouldn't trust my pick on this fight. <laughs> That's being 100% honest, which we try to be on this show. Mike, do you have a more heavy feeling on this fight, a better take, a more specific breakdown for no, this I mean, first I, of the main of uh, first the title fights? I pretty much uh, agree with you spot on. It's uh, uh Joe, it's Josie Aldo, man. I mean, he's he's coming down a weight class. He's he's so big and and he is strong and he looks super good in his last performance. I don't think Petrion has. Um, I don't think he's faced anyone quite like Aldo. I, I want to say uh, Petrion should win this fight because he's younger and. Uh, but it's like, man, Aldo. If Aldo wants to look good and does look good, it's gonna be a hell of a fight. It's gonna be a probably maybe fight of the night, and it's it's just gonna be amazing if if we get a primed up Aldo. I would just love to see it and love to see what we get. So, I, I can't confidently say that Petr's gonna win. But he, he should win. He's, he's the younger guy. 
But uh, I'm going to be rooting for Jose Aldo to shock the world, I'll tell you that. Oh, dude, I would be so happy if Jose Aldo beat this. Like I said, I picked Jan, but oh, dude, this is one of those fights. I would be so happy. I love love upsets. I love big, unexpected, shocking things. And uh, Aldo winning this weekend would be one of those moments, and I I would love to see it. It would be so cool to see him uh, even retire after getting that belt. Well, and honestly, that's one thing that would be great because it is rough for Jose Aldo, who was just 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 ruled over the division for years and years and then he gets so much anger in him towards conor mcgregor and just lunges at him and gets finished in 13 seconds and everyone's trying to like rewrite history like he wasn't like pretty much the best best featherweight to ever do it let alone one of the best fighters and if he wins this and gets a belt in two weight classes even if he sails off into the sunset after the fact even if he gets the this fight on dubious means with how his last fight went I would be so happy for him, and it would just be, like you said, it would be a great cap to a career if he would win this and then drop it. I know that's double pissing off the UFC because you had uh, Suhudo walk away and you would get Aldo win and walk away, but I don't know. With that kind of like picturesque movie ending, I think I'd be for it. I think I'd be for it with that kind of an ending. You could tell we like fairy tales, folks. It's true. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fan of fantasy. I'm a not, Disney not, not the Plus creepy kind of fantasy. Member. Oh, dude, Disney Plus. I... We're going to take a pause a second because since ESPN is owned by Disney, it's kind of on brand. I've been <laughs> loving going through the old Disney Plus because as me and Mike have said on this show, we both have kids. And my favorite thing has been going to old stuff that's on Disney Plus of shows I watched as a kid yep. and rewatching with my kids. It has been kids. so yep. amazing. Oh, dude, they have like the original animated X-Men on there, the old oh, Spider-Man. I, they I have watching the old the DuckTales. DuckTales, oh, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was teaching oh. them. They got old DuckTales. We watched, uh, what was it? The, uh, is it, it's DuckTales with the genie, whatever that one was, and the hidden treasure with the lamp or whatever. That watched that one. That was my favorite movie as a kid. We watched it all the time. And, uh, yeah, sorry for that, for that that little deluge, but yeah, go watch some Disney Plus. Yeah. Do it. It's worth the money. And you should have bought, you should have done what everyone else did and bought the package of Disney Plus and ESPN Plus and Hulu for that screaming deal six months ago. But if you didn't, that's on you. If you think you're too tough for Disney Plus, get off our podcast, please. <laughs> uh, after that Disney Plus love is over, we're going to go to the co-main event of this, which, hey, this could be a storybook ending, too. They all could be storybook endings. I, honestly, the, these top four fights can have such an amazing ending to them that they would borderline be like a fairy tale. In this co-main event, we have a rematch. We have Alexander Volkanovsky, minus 230, versus the one-time featherweight king, Max Holloway, who's plus 190. I know everyone is on Volkanovsky. I know everyone thinks Volkanovsky's going to win. It's going to be a repeat. And normally, I would agree in a lot of ways. And I know I am a big Max Holloway mark. One of the biggest. We have said such great things about uh, him in the past. This is even different than Jose Aldo. I liked Jose Aldo. I was a fan of Jose Aldo. Max Holloway has been one of my guys since his debut in the UFC. We love, love that you, Max. Dude. Oh, love that dude. And the only reason, I guess not the only reason, but one of the main reasons I'm giving him a chance here, um, is if you watch rewatch both Jose Aldo fights he had, Yes, he got the finish in both. He, he beat him in both, finished in both. He fought a completely different way in each one. He fought different from southpaw to orthodox, circling a different way, doing a different striking combination. So I just think if anybody 
Because usually if you bounce back with a rematch after you lost, I don't want you to do the rematch. I didn't want them to do this rematch. I wish there was a fight for both of these men in between. I'm not a fan of this. I want there to be time in between for Max to get better. But if anyone can do it and like shorten up his game and find a way to win, it's got to be Max. I'm, I'm not betting this fight just because whether it's true or not, if he did as much as like he's kind of half that tongue-in-cheek to people, if he's... 100% of his training is on Zoom, and if it's not, like, I've heard conflicting reports, him joking about it, and then other people, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, oh, no, he's kidding, he's been at least training this, and I don't know, you really can't trust anybody, so, I don't know, in, in this scenario, I'm gonna go with Max, but that's a pick, it is not a bet, and this might just be another of the most times of me wanting to go with the fairy tale, but... I, I think Max can, if anyone can do it, Max can do it. Doesn't mean he's going to do it, but I think he can. So, Mike, this co main event, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky to Max, one time blessed, maybe future blessed Holloway. Oh, man. You know, we're all huge Max fans here on the Made for Money show. I always back my boys on the islands. And uh, this is a this is a super tough one for me. I backed him last time and we lost. Um, it, it was devastating, not only as a fan, but as a loss. And I, uh, I just I hate betting against Max, man. I, if someone asked me who you should bet your money on, I would I would say the Volkanovski is the better bet. I think he's just younger. He used to be two hundred and like twenty pounds. Um, he's cut so much weight. He's so strong. His legs are like tree trunks. Uh, the way he kicks and batters that out, the outside leg and lead leg of of Max really concerns me. Um, he's going to do it again. They're very smart over there at um, City Kickboxing, right? And uh, so I just really think that they uh, have a game plan again for, for my boy, and I, I, I hate saying it. So, But if I was told, asked to pick one, I would say that Volkanovski is going to uh, win this fight, but I, I, I don't like it at all, and I just I pray to God that my boy Maxi could win me a fight. Uh, I, but my real MMA mind tells me that Volkanovski is going to repeat show us why he did what he did last time and, and just shows maybe a little bit more because he, he's super impressive and I I didn't give enough respect last time and so this time I'm gonna you know go out there and say that Volkanovski is just uh, the more superior fighter now well and if anybody is gonna have things going for him it's any of those New Zealand Australia based fighters because they have pretty much sealed themselves off from the possibility of getting cases. So things are much more open. Gyms are much more open. People are training more and training more consistently. So it makes sense that he probably has the better training camp. So I don't know. Just hoping for that max win. I agree. It's, he's going uphill for this one, but here's hoping. Now in the main event, so this is the good thing that usually these cancellations of fights happen after we record. And then we have sweet videos and snippets of them to show you guys and be like, this is so great. And then there's a canceled fight. At least this one happened a couple days ago and they were able to figure things out. So we got the matchup that I know for sure, at least on this podcast, we were calling for but before I they made the Burns fight. For sure. For sure. We have Kamaru Usman, who is minus 290. That's a big favorite, man. That is a big favorite. Versus Jorge Gamebred Masvidal is plus 245. That is a big underdog. That is Game a big bread. underdog. Kamaru Usman uh, leading in to the Burns fight. This is supposed to be against Gilbert Burns. Who was gonna, if, he, if Gilbert Burns would have fought this and won this fight, he's just the star of the quarantine. He just wins because 
they'll be three and zero, ending with a championship during the quarantine. So kudos to him. He was in the last event in Brazil before everything went too crazy when they had no fans, and then he beat Woodley, and this would have just capped it all off. But you know, he tests positive. I guess you could only push it for so much, and. Leading into that, I'm not sure if it's because of that or he was already planning on that, but Usman has switched over to training at Elevation Fight Team, which is great. It is a great camp, and if you want to get more disciplined and flowing with your striking and integrate it into your game more, that is a fantastic place to be. It is a fantastic place to be, which I guess makes sense against Gilbert Burns. But in my opinion... It is not a good place to go if you're going to face Jorge Masvidal. Because you're getting your striking better. That's fantastic. In one fight camp, you are not going to shorten up your boxing in a way that's going to be able to beat Jorge Masvidal. And no, I'm not going into this like, man, Jorge Masvidal should be a minus 300 favorite. No, I'm not, I'm not dumb. Okay, He shouldn't be a minus 300 favorite. What I'm saying is he's being disrespected at plus 245. He has great get-up game. He has great takedown defense. I'm not saying he won't get taken out. Usman's probably going to take him down. I'm not saying he's not. But, and Usman has some serious output for him. Like, that Usman versus Covington fight was crazy, given the output. But Jorge can slip punches, man. He can slip punches. He can counter. He hits hard. He's become much more of a finisher now. I don't know, man. It's like, Jorge Masvidal is like, this would be the old, given that as our storyline for this entire fight card of fairy tales, this would be the ultimate fairy tale and cap off of Jorge Masvidal that now at 35, he finally gets his first title fight after having just a ridiculous last like 18 months and pulls it off. And you know what? I think he's got a chance. But Mike, I'm going to toss it to you because I know you have more on game bread and you were the one that first brought this fight up. Yeah, man, this is going to be a hell of a championship fight and the fight that I really wanted to see uh, be made before the Burns one. I love me some Gilbert Burns, so no disrespect there. I, he definitely deserves his title shot, and he will get it soon. But uh, George Gamebred Masvidal has been in the MMA picture since ever since. I mean, I, I've been hearing about him since, you know, I was a young, young boy watching my brother fight in the, on the amateur scene as a, a young man. So I, I just, I love... I love uh, Game Bread. I love his attitude. I love his experience. I love the fact that he'll fight you on the street and he'll fight you in the cage. And if you disrespect him or his family, I mean, you're going to be in some serious trouble. Uh, Usman is a well-rounded, great, great uh, mixed martial artist. He's a great wrestler. Um, he, he's he's amazing. Great champion in that sense. But he, he's really not that guy he's not that guy that um you'd want in the in an alley uh, like i always like to reference if i had to choose between george gamer and masvidal to have my back and have uzman um down an alley you know on a dark night i, I would pick uh, masvidal every single time because i know he's not going to hesitate or flinch when needed and uh so that's why i have i'm not hesitating or flinching when Masvidal needs us to throw down that one unit for him, uh, the odds are way too disrespectful, and there's just there's just no way that I could let that disrespect go on with the caliber fighter that George Masvidal is. His takedown defense.
defense is amazing. He's fought some of the best fighters in the world. Um, he used to be really good friends with Colby Covington, who has sharpened up his wrestling all the years before they separated as friends. And now he even trains, you know, so closely with uh, Dustin Diamond Poirier, who just fought last week and, uh, show, you know, won our bet for us. They were main training partners together for that camp. So George Masvidal has been sharp as a razor and just ready to go, waiting for his chance, almost like he knew it was coming. And so we're, we're going to be throwing down that one unit on uh, George Masvidal. What are the odds right now, Bob? plus 245 and so we're throwing another one unit to uh, win 2.45 units on George Gamebred Masvidal to shock the world and show what Gamebred is all about. The show is not done. No, the show is not done. We've had similar as we have had in the past where we now have a Saturday card, a Wednesday card, and another Saturday card. So we want to give you guys at least a little bit of info because as of right now we at least have one bet that we like on the UFC on ESPN I would say Fight Island 1 is where they're going to go with it, but that's hard to do considering UFC 251 is on the same island. But whatever, it's UFC and ESPN, Fight Night, Cater versus Ige. We are going to not even talk about the fights that have been announced that don't have odds yet because there's no point. We will hit those next week if they're still together, and they still have odds. We are probably going to hit the main of main three to four fights as well as one on the earlier prelims that we like for a bet. And that's it. We will go more in-depth next week on the other ones because as of right now, we don't have bets on any of them. And you know what? There's a lot of fights between then and now. So first off is the one we're going to have a bet on because it's very early on the card and we have strong, strong feelings about one man in particular here. And it's not the best of feelings. Tim Elliott is a minus-130 favorite. You heard that. He's actually a favorite versus Ryan Benoit. I'm saying Benoit. I'm well aware it's supposed to be pronounced Benoit, but he actually pronounces it Benoit, so I'm going to support him and go with Benoit. He is plus-110, and you know what? We like the dog here. We like the dog here because Ryan goes for broke. Ryan goes for the finish. Ryan's got some power. He does gas, but you know what? Elliott is way past his prime. He's living in Vegas, not training with the same guys, and he does his first ditch effort. If it doesn't work, he gives up. He taps, or he might even get put out here. He is not what he once was. He's here for a paycheck. It's very clear to me. Um, and any, Going forward, anytime I can get dog money against Elliot, I'm taking it. It has paid in the past, and you know what? It's going to pay in the future. So we have one unit for Ryan Benoit at plus 110. For as of right now, our only bet on the Fight Island card, we will talk about some more fights, and we might have more bets for this fight card going into next week. But Mike, can you break down Tim Elliott, one-time title challenger, versus Ryan Benoit? Yeah, man. I mean, there's going to be some fun little scrambles here and there uh, while this one gets going. Uh, but Tim Elliott, I mean... He, he shows you a lot of things that you think is cool and flashy and then he like he makes you like it and then he just literally has all the quit in the world to, to be behind that so there's no way that I could ever back Ellie on a bet anymore after seeing him submit to Brandon Royville um, last time he fought yeah, in that round two he submitted him so fast and tapped so quick that I I, got, I couldn't even believe I thought it was my little sister that was tapping it was it was disrespectful so uh, Ryan Benoit I think that he has just got the way way better strength straight boxing, um, better wrestling, is just a better mixed martial artist. I think he should win this fight easily. And that um, once he, 
Tim Elliott breaks, which Ryan Benoit will be waiting for, that uh, Ryan Benoit will take over and uh, will be an avalanche downhill for Tim Elliott and most likely do a quick job right for us to win that one unit. Two fights I want to quick mention. We are not going to break them down, but I want to quick mention because they are for sure ones that if they are together on this fight card, we'll break down next time. I'm just a little remiss that they do not have odds at the moment, and that's Paul Gregg versus Godzamarad. Onto Gulov is going to be a good fight, waiting for odds on that one. And then Jimmy Rivera versus Cody Stamen. Cody Stamen, the Gustavo Lopez training partner that he spoke so highly of on this last week's interview. Please check that out. It's like they don't want us to parlay or get you know, know. something they're scared of when they don't drop odds for some. Yeah. I mean, I get that the Cody Stamen-Rivera fight, that got announced today or late last night. So I get why there's not necessarily odds on it, but I mean, I don't know. I'm hopeful. So those are fights we're looking forward to breaking down. And obviously there's much more fights earlier on the fight card, but we are going to jump straight up to the main card. I would say the Mullen McCann versus Talia Santos fight, but I think that's getting bumped from the main card with uh, Rivera versus Stamen on there. But uh, Jared Gordon is a minus 135 favorite versus Chris Fishgold. Um, in this fight, uh, just as a quick pick, I think that Jared Gordon is going to have the edge. He is currently a slight favorite. Obviously, nothing too crazy, but I don't. I still, I, I still think Fishgold has some upside. Um, obviously, we've seen him lose before in the UFC. I just, I don't know. I, I think Gordon has a little bit more to it. I'm just, I'm sorry, man. When you. Uh, it goes back to what I said earlier when we were breaking down the Amir, uh, Marquand Amir Khani fight since he beat Fishgold is I can't trust Amir Khani. Anyone who he beats, I can't trust only because I don't, when they look bad against him, I don't know if it was because he showed up or because they're just that much worse than him. Um, so I'm going to go with Jared Gordon. I'll say, I'll say by decision. I don't think he's going to get a finish in there, but uh, I do like Jared Gordon. You can't, uh, get after him too much for getting finished by the likes of Diego Ferreira and uh, No Bronx. Those are some pretty hellacious finishers. So I'll, I'll lean him. Uh, no, not crazy confident in it, but I'll pick Jared Flash Gordon. Mike, your opinion on Jared Gordon versus Chris Fishgold? Yeah, man, I, I think Fishgold hasn't really shown uh, what he's capable of. And I, I think that uh, he's also a, you know, I know he's a black belt in jujitsu, and that's a little bit superior um, than the person he's fighting. So I really think that Fishgold could come in here and, and finally do a, an impressive performance against Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon is just, he's just one of those yeah, just you know, he's there. You know, I, he's not—he's not someone's favorite fighter. He's not gonna be. Um, I know he's also um, had some trouble mentally in the past, and I don't like that stuff. So I would go with Chris Fishgold on this one, only because I think he's uh, just gonna give me more uh, fight. In as of right now, the co-main event of this fight card—I'm saying it like that because the original main event got canceled, or at least the original co-main event with Asparza got canceled. Things have been jumping around a little bit crazy. So as of right now, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, the wrecking ball at welterweight, uh, is fighting Monir Lazez. Assume I pronounced that correctly. Abdul is a destroyer. <laughs> um, I could only assume from how I've been able to go into this fight that Munir is available. <laughs> he he trains at a Nogira affiliate in Dubai. So dude's there, but this is pretty much like 
giving a free meal to Alisson to have another highlight reel finish. I mean, obviously, he's a heavy, heavy favorite, minus 270 against the plus 230, but actually, the odds I wanted to quick check was... That's, pretty was super- good. That's actually pretty good for the favorite cons- he is compared to um, negative 900. I'm just trying to see on... Because I forgot to check the inside. The inside distance is minus 190. I don't know. I was cl- hoping for a little bit closer to even money. Uh, I guess if KO is much, much better, than there's a chance, but I don't know. He's definitely parlayable. This is one that... I wouldn't shy away from like it's just it it's very clear how this fight is set up for me. Sometimes the UFC just sets you up. If they like you and you get highlight reels and they want to have an exciting card and there's uh, nobody near there and yes, I'm saying all this stuff and then I'm I'm gonna eat crow if he gets finished, but he has fought the better competition and finished him. So I'm going with Al Hassan by whatever way he wants it to be finished. Mike, the co main event of Fight Island one or two Alisson versus Lazez. Oh, man. Uh, I don't want to say anything too disrespectful about, about Lazez because he's going to have a lot of family and friends there watching uh, for the first time, and I don't want them coming after me, especially over there in the Middle East. So I uh, I, I really think that Abdul uh, Al-Hassan, I, he's an absolute monster. He's a black belt in judo. His hips are absolutely amazing. Um, I think he's only lost one decision ever in his career. He, he really is an assassin, man. I, I really like this kid. I think he's going to go in there and, and easily uh, win this fight. I think the negative 270 is an actual gift for anybody who has money. Um, if someone that had a huge, huge bankroll, I, I wouldn't be against them uh, making a couple units off of this fight. Um, it would obviously be risky, but I, I just don't see... I don't see how you losing very often. So definitely a, par- a parlay piece if you needed something um, to add on to Rebus at a million negative 900 and then add on to someone else, hopefully, to get you some value. But either way, uh, Al-Hassan is an absolute maniac. He's going to go in there and uh, show us a finish to shock the world and uh, his, show his country some love. Can we agree? Like, obviously, this is not set set in stone or anything like that. But can we agree? if Because I... I don't know about you, but I think Stamen's going to be the favorite and a decent sized favorite versus Rivera, uh, versus Rivera. Would do you, in your opinion, would a Stamen Al Hassan parlay be a good bet? Um, because the Stamen and Rivera fight be so close, I wouldn't want to parlay that with something like that. I like to parlay stuff where there, when I get the feeling that I'm that person is going to smash them. So Al Hassan Rebus type of Rebus now is not on that for me. Uh, she's blown out of the number, but when she was at negative four hundred and then Al Hassan together, that would have been a, a definite parlay. But I only like parlays when I I'm just like. I could see that victory so easily, you know. Um, but no, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want it on that parlay ticket. But definitely, uh, Cody Stamen's wrestling is going to be uh, a lot better than Rivera's. Yeah, I'm really interested to see those odds there. Uh, jumping to the main event, this one's going to be pretty straightforward, I believe. I guess I could be wrong on that. Me and Mike didn't talk about this one beforehand. But in my opinion, I'm finally going to get my revenge on Dan Ige for getting a BS decision over Barboza and losing us some money because I think Calvin Cater is going to box him up for the better part of five rounds. He might drop the first, but it's going to be clear, and I do think he might get a later fourth or fifth round finish over Ige. But again, Minus 275 
little steep and Ige has played spoiler for me before so I'm not quite sure if he has is yet on my don't bet the fights he's in list as I that has several fighters in it so I'm not sure if he's quite to that point but I do favor Qatar heavily Mike what is your opinion on the main event here on Fight Island Oh, man, Calvin Katara is an absolute stud and animal. His boxing is so crisp and his jab, he keeps coming at, at you with it and attacking and it ends up splitting up your nose and your face um, and he keeps coming. So I, I absolutely love Calvin Katara. I think that he is has been the future for a while. He's definitely one of the guys that's going to be in the top five for a long, long time. And I, I think that Calvin Katara is going to come in here and he's going to uh, get a victory. Uh, Dan Ige is also a stellar athlete, black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, this is going to be a great fight. Uh, a lot of people have it like Katara is just going to go in there and kill him. I uh, certainly can see that being a possibility, but Ige has, has shocked me every single time he's came into the octagon. He's never quit. He um, he's just keeps improving. So I, I can't see what the hell, uh, wait to see what Ige has done to improve. And this fight is going to be absolutely amazing. So I can't wait to see this UFC and there's just fight after fight of just nonstop fun. And Calvin Qatar is going to keep that going, I think. Now, as a quick review, because that's obviously the main event of Fight Island, and we will go more in-depth on a lot of those fights next week. But for time, this is all we're doing as of now. But our bets, we have two for UFC 251 and one for this fight card. I'm just going to go with them in the order that we have them. We have one unit on Jessica Andraj at plus 180 to win you guys 1.8 unit. We have one unit on Jorge, Gamebred Masvidal at plus 240 to win you 2.45 units. And we have one unit on Ryan Benoit at plus 110 to win you 1.1 units. Now, before we do our outro and a little bit more information, Mike, do you have anything to say to the people before we get going? No, we just appreciate all you guys listening each week. And if you guys get bored and ha- have nothing better to do, there's a, a documentary called Inhabit on uh, on the web, on Google, not on Netflix. It's about permaculture. It's about uh, just growing food and about sustainable living for your family and for farms uh, or f- for family gardening and stuff like that for the future. Well, we will be back next week to preview Figueredo versus Benavidez 2, as well as the few fights we didn't get to here on the UFC on ESPN Fight Island. We also released a special edition show earlier this week of an exclusive interview we did with Gustavo Lopez. So check that out. It was a great interview. Now, don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, the RSS feed. Just also remember, subscribe to us on YouTube for both full-length shows as well as smaller tidbits like that Gustavo interview that's actually going to be going on there with our video. We are transitioning into video, so there will be more content up there on YouTube for you guys to enjoy. Like, comment, and share. Please spread us the word. Spread the word. We are the word spread us to everyone who follows you or anyone you have contact with and with that let's let's roll. roll